Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of She Builds Intimacy with Her Husband podcast. I am your host, Leona Carter. Join us each episode as we encourage, empower, and inspire women to build intimacy with their husband through the power of dating again. Be sure to check out this month's masterclass, the 28 Dates Masterclass. We'll be talking about conversations between the sheets. You can still register by going to leonacarter.club. Again, that's leonacarter.club. Now, let's get ready for another episode of She Builds Intimacy with Her Husband. going on party people welcome to another episode of she builds intimacy with her husband i am leona carter and i have another phenomenal guest that's coming to the stage but make sure you realize that the master class is going on this week so make sure you go to leonacarter.club to learn all the things even if by the time you watch this you missed a master class you know I'm gonna still have something good for you. So make sure you go to leonacarter.club for all the goodies. So coming to the stage, I have Miss Jody, and she's gonna introduce herself and tell us about you know what she does as a profession. Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am. Uh, I've been a psychotherapist for 25 years, and now I'm a relationship coach, but also I teach empaths how to uh, live in the world, how to really feel, you know, a sense of protection for themselves so that they could really serve their higher mission. So I like to say I help the sensitive souls heal themselves so that they could heal the world because our world needs some healing right now. Listen, that is so good. That is so good. Now tell us about that. So here we are. I mean, the work that you do, the pandemic probably really brought you to the forefront. You're one of the you know experts in the industry that this pandemic really kind of pulled on your resources, pulled on you as a profession. So what was one of the biggest shifts that you had to make in the pandemic? Well, really, what well, I'm just was observing, not just, but I was observe. I was in the in the fields, in the uh, in the in there with the people, but like observing how quickly we're adapting and how quickly our mental health is changing at each stage, and why those changes are happening. So while I was helping people and while I was coaching people through it, I was really in such a space to be able to observe and watch this and learn real time what people were needing and what was helping them get better. You know what? That's good because, listen, this is new for all of us. Mm -hmm. Like, And that that's amazing that you were listening and observing and figuring out what people need in real time. That's That's a skill because you're able to say, okay, and then I'm sure you were able to take some of that information and help your clients with what they needed 
from what you observe. And, you know, something like that is is really, you know, pivotal because sometimes we don't even know what we need. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of experience with pandemics, so I don't really know <laughs> what I need. Right. So how did you what were some of the biggest fears that you found with your clients during this time? Well, at first people are like, I can't do this. And then quite quickly, they were able to do the isolation. I saw some people who were alone, totally different than people were who had family around, people who were staying still as opposed to people who are getting other projects to use their creative mind instead of letting it try to solve problems that aren't there. Mm -hmm. When we don't use it, it has, you know, we're evolved to solve problems. And we have such a huge capacity to do that. And so the people who channeled that into something fared a lot better than people who were uh, stuck or stagnant. Then your mind's trying to solve problems and it has to create them. <laughs> and those are not solvable. <laughs> so that's what happens. But people don't understand it. They think it's them. All the negative self-judgments come. They don't realize it's a context of it. And it's really biological at the basis. So so getting that message out there was was truly transformative to the people who heard me. And I just try to explain it as much as I was on the news. I was, I was everywhere just trying to get the, doing live videos all the time, just really trying to get the message out to, to have people be relieved. And the transformation, not judging themselves for what they were going through and realizing there's a context for it is really truly transformative because we're really saying more and more people are sensitive. You know, these highly sensitive people, I serve them, people who are empaths. They felt this bigger than everybody because there was fear in the field mm-hmm. and they were tapped into that. And Ooh, it was overwhelming. Fear in the field. Listen, that's a book title. That is good. That is, that's true. I like that as a book title. That's my next book title. You know what? Well, like, how did you as the profession, because you have, she's, you guys, if you're not seeing, she's really writing this down. She's writing it down. This is, I love it. I love Fear it. You're in the field. Joey's next book. <laughs> That's good. Now, how did you, as an expert, like you, you have the level of expertise. However, you're still new with the pandemic too. It's not like you've gone through ten pandemics and have the, you know, uh, the know-how of how to navigate through. So, how did you navigate through the pandemic to help others navigate through the pandemic? Well, you know, if you know human behavior, you know neuropsychology, you know the consequences of isolation, and you know sensitive people and how they take on the energy of others like those kind of things i knew all that already mm-hmm. so i could watch how the the pandemic and around how everyone else is uh, responding to the pandemic you know out of their fears and then um and then then protests um of the of you know like the mass protests i'm talking about you know the you know, you could watch and you could see that the things that I knew about all that stuff were the things that were that I was seeing that people needed help with because it was the context of the pandemic, but it was our response to it that really went along everything I know about people and everything I knew about feeling, you know, uh, you know, feeling um, at a limit or feeling powerless. Um, and so it matched. 
Mm, that's good. And you said there's a context, but you did you say our process of how we're you know navigating through the pandemic that like our response to it, mm -hmm. like yes. how we actually respond. I mean, even in the work that I do, it's not about the situation, you know, about the thing and using air quotes, the thing that happened, but it's always how we respond to the exactly. thing. Exactly. So what affects what's most important in our life is how we respond. Like things happen to us, but we are never passive recipients of that thing. Right. So we're always thinking about it, uh, judging it, trying to understand it, having making meaning around it, acting differently as uh, on account of it. Those things make or break our life. Like how we respond, how we think, how we act, then our relationships on account of those experiences, those make or break our happiness in life, not what happened. What happened is like a very small percent. I mean, obviously we are uh, affected by the things that happened to us, but we are a million times more affected by our response to it. Mm, and so so, so I watch people's responses and that makes the difference. Mm, that and that's amazing because you know what you teach your clients listen when all hell breaks loose in another part of their life they can use these same strategies that say okay listen how are you responding you know i mean i know he said something that was just out of pocket right i know she should not have done that but how are you responding to that boy that is everything that yes. is and you even talked about how people navigate different when they had you know something to do something to pour into the projects you know or family right so what were the biggest differences that you were seeing like my for us i have a husband and six kids. So I'm not in the home alone, twiddling my thumbs like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I, I have to be, you know, mom and wife to everybody else, right? So, you know, what were the biggest fears that you were seeing the differences between the two different types of dynamics? Somebody that had family or projects and then someone that, that didn't. Well, the people who had families, a lot of times, especially in the beginning, they were like, this is nice. We're like bonding in ways that they had it in a really long time. And people were alone. I mean, I would get anytime I had a, uh, somebody listening here, I was like, check on your single friends, mm -hmm. call them. You know, they were, you know, we forget. We see people who have, who live with family, like they didn't have any bandwidth. And so single people, it's, it was like shocking how forgotten they felt because their, their friends who were in relationships were tapped because of the pandemic and everything they were taking care of and all the decisions on every level and, and dealing with their own stuff, they were tapped out. So single people were so neglected so much and they, they knew they were anyway, like it's quite often that we neglect or really don't understand single people, but it was like 10 times as much and they were really hurting. So I was just like, check on your single friends, check on your single relatives, anybody who is living alone. Um, it, it's it, our human psyche does not like that isolation. 
it does not feel good in any way, shape, or form. And so we stick in the negativity in our heads and we feel right. things more intensely. Um, we start to not like ourselves. We're only a self in relationship. So when we're isolated, we have no sense of self. We feel untethered and a lot of, you know, anxiety and a lot of that uh, sympathetic nervous system kicks in because mm. we're supposed, we're social beings. And if you're isolated from, you know, the community, when we were evolving, that meant you were dead. You know, you died. If you didn't have a community, we we couldn't survive outside of it. So, um, so there, 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 the consequences were huge. So that's and the people and families they were like cooking different stuff and they were playing Let's games and they were, you know, yeah. creating obstacle courses outside, painting the side of their shed. You know, they were doing stuff and. You could see how intuitively people they knew they needed that, and then you could see people who were um, were not doing that and just focused on their limits, mm -hmm. all the limits, and then really, really mad that we're being treated like cattle or you know all that kind of those kind of things. You could wow. see that fear um, when they weren't um, they weren't they weren't connected with their own agency, so they had to kind of. Feel, then they felt oppressed and and that you know and then acted that way but wow that yeah it, it's it's amazing how like <laughs> my household we was like well you know i mean we were not strangers to spending time together and so you know so when we you know had to had extra time it was like so who want to play games right and so you know for me we grew up and I say we grew up, meaning me as the parent, my kids grew up. We didn't entertain a lot of television like TV is not something that we entertain a lot. So we were used to long bouts of time of not being entertained by television, but inter being entertained by each other's company. Right. And so um, so that, you know, that made a huge difference. But then there is the relationship aspect. Come on, marriages. Like, really, you know, some marriages, they sink or swim. <laughs> yes, exactly. it was literally sink or swim. And I'm so grateful I was able to swim, but that was not always the case. And so, you know, so in your relationship, how did you know, what did that do for you all? Were you, were you sinking the first couple of weeks and then like, you know what, we, okay, we got this now you're swimming or how did the pandemic affect your relationship? Well, I'm 20, 23 years uh, married to the same person. And, um, you know, I, I see us as a super conscious relationship and we actually really shined and got closer and worked together. Okay. I was glad when he went back to work in September, he went back to the office. <laughs> I, like, I got my house back, but I'm still working from home. But um, <clears throat> so we were together March till September and, you know, full house. So um, we had three kids here and navigating them and trying to take care of their mental health, but each other's. And there was only one time during the pandemic where it felt pretty hopeless. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. how are we going to give our kids some hope? Like, there's no hope, like our future, and it was early on, and mm -hmm. it felt like our, you know, it's like our civilization was collapsing. I kind of had that feeling. It was only a couple of days, but I was like, looking through history, like 
there's so many times in our history that people felt like there is no future. <laughs> and then there was. Wow. And so it really transformed him and and really the hope has been there since. I you know I, um you know I'm really lucky that you know there's not other mental health problems or something that holds us back because we take care of a lot of people. You know, we take care of a lot of our extended family and our parents and um, and in people in our lives. So I'm mm. so glad that we have that base. Um, so now how, how, how was the, um, so does your, do you, you know, I'm using air quotes. Do you work on your husband's um, mental, you know, help him along the way, or is he well versed in that being married to you for so long? How does that work? Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting at first, you know, when I started my spiritual practice, you know, 10 years or 20 years ago and started, you know, mindfulness and really trying to find myself and go on my spiritual journey and start my own healing, not start, you're always healing, I guess, but, um, I was probably before that, but, um, I was like, he's not interested in this stuff. And then, you know, later on, I realized he's like ahead of me. Because he doesn't, because he likes, you know, he, he wakes up and sits with his coffee. Does he call it meditation? No, but that's exactly what it is. And after work, he has his time again. Um, and I never really thought of that as like, he's got his own spiritual practice, but he's so integrated. Mm. He's not like learning all the things like I was doing back then, you know? Um, and, and so I was like, at first I was like, oh that I, I wish I was with somebody who was more, you know, who was more interested in evolving. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he's like way ahead of me. And he's like here to support me and what I'm doing. You know, I mean, like, I'm like more of a public face to like helping people and changing the world. And he's just this really grounded space, except for, I mean, he still works in his, uh, he's a supervisor with a lot of counselors who are in schools so he's doing he's doing really important work, obviously, in, in mental health as well. But I really feel like um, we're this is what we're we were. This is all planned <laughs> for us to be together and to have that really deep sense of support and structure, because because if there was bandwidth trying to take care of that, I mean, I take care of him. We take care of each other. So there's a lot of effort put in Oh but yeah. when things are not good. There, obviously, there's more bandwidth that comes out. Of it, and you're not getting it back as well. So I give, but I get it back in multitude. And so, that's boy, that's amazing. Yeah, you're you're one of the blessed ones. You're and it's possible, though. I work really hard at that. Like I made that choice, and I work really hard at that. And I really want to tell people who are younger than me, like it's possible. You know, it's like it's like you got to get the ego out of the way. Like so, we do constantly. Like it's not about what I want. It's a, you know, and so so when I'm working with couples, cause I work with couples too. And it's like trying to really show them how to get the ego out of the way and why the ego gets in the way and how that causes problems. And it's magical. It can be really magical. That's amazing. And so what, what are some of the ways that as you were, you know, listening to clients and listening to people and observing during this time, during this pandemic, and now here we are on, you know, 2021 coming, I don't know, if I'm scared to say coming to the end of it, but, you know, definitely a, a little bit of a transition. And so when you were, you know, observing and things like that, how did you, you know, ask 
for support from your spouse? What kind of support did you need? I mean, you're on this mission to listen and learn and then, you know, you know, implement to your clients. And so what kind of support did you need during that time? Oh, I need some physical touch. I need some physical touch. Like that's, you know, my, my love language is, oh. and that settles my nervous system. That's how I recover. Um, walking outside, uh, you know, years ago he didn't walk with me, but now we walk together and he gets a lot out of it. Reconnect. Um, I structured my morning. So I have that time with him in the morning. I have a half hour that I set aside and being disciplined in myself gives to him. But, um, and then, there's certain times in the week that we block out. That's our time. Cause I work, I get overflow and work all the time. I, I love what I do so much and it is really my life mission and it feeds me. Um, and so, but I block, you know, I'm disciplined and give that back to him, but uh, he makes a lot of the dinners. So that's nice. supportive of what I could do. And um and so it's really, he, you know, he's the, he's my reflecting surface for all my decisions so that, I mean, there's, I can't even, I guess I went, once I start to brainstorm how he supports me, I could go on and on. Mm, so that's it amazing. took a long time to create that. And I want people to know that it is totally possible. I'm not an outlier. Mm -hmm. And a lot of young people are like, that's not possible. It's totally possible. Yes. Totally. I love that because, you know, and so of course I heard that physical intimacy. I heard the recreational intimacy. I mean, there's over 14 different types of intimacy and that's why it's so romantic. Just taking a walk with your spouse, right? Because my husband was the same. Like we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. And one of the things that I asked my husband, we went to Florida for pretty much the whole month of November. Like we went to Florida and it was my desire to wake up every morning at the resort about 7 a.m., eat a drop of breakfast and actually go exercise. Every morning we were on the resort. I was like, would you please do this with me? So here he's this fit guy, like he's a U.S. Marine, you know, a veteran and he's super fit. But what's funny is he's genetically fit. He's not habitually fit. And so it looks like he goes to the gym every single day, but it's not the case at all. And he tells people, no, no, I mean, I, I play basketball a couple of times, but you know, so, so, so I said that to say that he can run a mile easily if he wants to, but he just hates it. So he doesn't do it, you know? But so I was like, could you please exercise with me? And here I am, I'm on a, you know, I'm always on an exercise, you know, lifestyle, healthy journey, you know? And so I'm like, please exercise with me. And so we got up every morning and exercises, you know, walked around the result before we started our day. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> it felt like so amazing. And I know that that was a recreational intimacy to the next level. We've done stuff like that so sporadically that 
you know, no, no schedule or anything, but to be able to do that, I'll never forget that. I mean, I'll never forget that. And so that, that, you know, really knowing what you need at the time that you need it. That's amazing. Cause a lot of times I'm, you know, helping wives who don't really know how to communicate their expectations. And oh my gosh, Jody, you don't know how many marriages, you know, that really kind of butt heads because of, uncommunicated unmet expectations yes they think but he should just know Mm -mm. Uh -uh. i never never expect him to know yeah yeah after 23 years i never expect him to know and not because he's not capable just because no one's a mind reader Mm -hmm. and and so um right and so and we all want different things we all need different things and sometimes different things on different days and so you need to yeah and so that is we could get really in our victimhood and be like but he should just know um i want different things in different days at different times and so i have to be explicit about that and i have no expectations so i don't feel hurt right right and then it's it's power in the communication like right yeah different different things we different feel, times, different things yeah if you don't communicate right it's so disempowering because you just are like that victimhood of like he doesn't know and he's not or i've told him before Tell it just doesn't it, it and it's not because it's not it's just not men it may be either way way and in same-sex couples as well it doesn't matter it's like you know, a lot of times we are, yeah, our, our own agendas, we're in our own agendas or we're in our own insecurities or whatever it is. And so if you aren't explicit, they're lost in their own. Sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, people are human, people are fragile. And in our relationships, we often think about our own self and forget that, that the other one is human too. Right. <laughs> yeah. I kind of forgot that you got, you got, you got needs too, you know? So this has been amazing because I know the, you know, information you've provided is, you know, really eye opening for a lot of people. And so what would you give just kind of, as we're wrapping up, what would you tell individuals that, you know, maybe aren't really as supported in their life, kind of coming to the end of the pandemic, hopefully they're not really, you know, they made it through this far, but they really don't feel supported. And, you know, what would you tell to, you know, say to that individual to, you know, get support on board to help them because they really don't feel supported. Right. Right. I mean, I guess the, it sounds like the, the people you're describing are like, should I stay or should I go? Uh, that kind of questioning now. And the best thing to do when you're in that questioning is to get some support. So get some, a, a community or a friend or some kind of support for yourself, because when you're deciding to leave a relationship or recommit to that relationship, say yes again and try. Uh, it's interesting because I, I noticed that when you're willing to leave, then you try harder. And when people aren't willing to leave, they don't try. So, but when you're deciding to leave, it's hard to leave into nothingness. You don't want to leave and be in isolation. So people can't leave in those kind of situations. You need a community. First of all, it'll make the relationship better if you stay. And also it will help you transition out because even if you know it's not right, there's just a lot of attachment and interwoven stuff. It's hard to leave without supports. 
it's hard to say without support. So get a coach, get a coach (laughs) or get, um, or, or get a girlfriend or, you know, something or a book group or some kind of sense of a community. It's the only way to do it. And then what, so in regards to that mental health, what kind of support do individuals need for their mental health to continue to, you know, through this pandemic, if they feel like they're not supported? Um, yeah, get resourced. So get resourced. There's a lot of ways you could get resourced, but first of all, nurture yourself. So good food, sleeping good, meditation, movement. Those are the things we just know. Um, we, we already know that stuff. So that's taking care of our bodies, get some body work done. That is a great way to resource yourself or to recover yourself is some kind of body work. Um, some kind of coaching or counseling is beneficial too, or getting in connecting with some people, some uplifting good friends that is always a hundred percent. It's on the top of the list of happiness and longevity everywhere is talking to people. And so, um, so also, so we need a sense of routine, mm. but we also need a sense of novelty. So we need some novelty, something new, something to inspire us. We need to project something to have a sense mm. of purpose. We need a sense of purpose and creativity because that's what keeps our brain really strong and healthy and us feeling vibrant. And if we don't have that, we could get lost in worries or the stress or overwhelm. Um, if we don't have some kind of purpose. Yes, yes, yes. Looks like we might be having some technical difficulties in our sound, you know. It's talking, but I can't hear you. And so let me go ahead and um, thank you so much. This has been amazing. And I am going to you know, really drop, you know, Jody's information. If you want to contact her um, and just connect with her, I mean, she has a wealth of information. She's been doing this over 20 years, just really kind of understanding who she is and how she can help you. So Jody, thank you so much for this information. All her contact will be in the description below. So continue women, continue building intimacy with your husband. This is Leona Carter. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to another phenomenal episode on the She Builds Intimacy with Her Husband podcast. Listen, if you're a wife who needs support in building intimacy in your marriage, make sure you go to leonacarter.club and take the next step. So today I hope you've been encouraged, inspired, and empowered to build intimacy with your husband through the power of dating again. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And until next time, keep building intimacy. Bye-bye for now.